Today is Tuesday, August 8th, 2023. New report shows that Hunter Biden's money guy, Eric Schwerin, visited the keyword here, Obama White House multiple times. How many? 36 times. FBI agent Elvis Chan made false statements. According to the suppression of Hunter Biden's laptop and Mike Davis joins the show. My name is Benny Johnson and this is The Benny Show. Join The Benny Brigade. Join The Benny Brigade. We are creating a community here. We are creating back and forth. This is going to be an interactive show. It's going to be wild and we have some big guests that we're going to announce for you. So you want to be able to ask questions of them. Join The Benny Brigade today. If you sign up for an annual subscription, then it's only five bucks a month. You save a month free and you get the sweet keychain with the logo and the salt on the tank. Baby, that's how you support us, independent creators. We are the fastest growing streaming independent creator in the world right now. And it's because of you. And so we say thank you, ladies and gentlemen. What's actually going on here? What's actually happening in this moment? We talk a lot about the Joe Biden crimes and the Joe Biden crime family. What's really happening? What's really, who, who's really behind all of this? It's really Joe Biden. There's a, there's a scene from Seinfeld where George Costanza's dad's like, my son George isn't capable of coming up with a scheme like that. My, my boy George, he can't do it. He's not smart enough. It's really not Joe Biden. I mean, you like when you put when you put your brain to it, it's really not Joe. Joe's not smart enough. Joe got caught, but Joe's dumb. He's stupid. And all these crimes, well, they took place during a very different administration, ladies and gentlemen. They took place during an administration of a guy whose name rhymes with Shamlock Obama. He was the president for eight straight years, you may recall. He was also a president who was often mocked and derided by Donald Trump as Donald Trump made foyer after foyer into the public policy space and into the political space. Donald Trump's been dipping his toes into this pool for a long time. And Donald Trump decided to go hard in on Barack Obama. Barack Obama doesn't like that and didn't like that. In fact, on a Jimmy Kimmel segment, Barack Obama, weeks before the election in 2016, had this to say directly to Donald Trump. President Obama will go down as perhaps the worst president in the history of the United States, exclamation point, at real Donald Trump. <laughs> well, at real Donald Trump, at least I will go down as a president. Ooh, all right, got him, bazinga. Unfortunately, a few weeks later, this is what Barack Obama looked like as he walked down the steps of the Capitol, utterly and thoroughly humiliated, walking next to the real president, really elected, and his beautiful wife, Melania. Then Barack Obama took off in a helicopter, never to be seen from again. Ladies and gentlemen, never to be seen from again. They walked out to the helicopter, Donald Trump gave him the old pat on the arm, and then they fled Washington, D.C. Or did they? That's a good question here, because, you know, Barack Obama himself has given interviews about how he'd really like to operate as president behind the scenes. 
how he really liked the job of president. He really liked controlling the direction of this country, projecting his own sick worldview on the people of this country and our foreign policy, and how Barack Obama really didn't want to leave because his first house that he bought was a couple blocks from the White House. The first mansion that the Barack, that Barack Obama family, the Obama family bought, is literally down the street from the White House. It's actually a bigger house than the White House. It's in a fancy little neighborhood in Washington, D.C., just up the road, about five minutes. Did Barack Obama ever leave? And what is Barack Obama trying to cover up? Well, there's a fascinating interview here in a piece at Tablet Magazine, not a right-wing publication, actually a far-left publication, called The Obama Factor. This is a probably the most highly read article in all of Washington, D.C., and nobody wants to report on it because of the realities laid bare by the man who is Barack Obama's chief biographer, a man named David Garrow. Now, before you think maybe David Garrow is just some crackpot or some partisan, this is the foremost MLK biographer, the foremost civil rights biographer, the foremost pro-abortion and feminism biographer. David Garrow is not a Republican, not by a long shot. David Garrow is a leftist, but he got unfettered access to Barack Obama himself and all of Barack Obama's personal aides, Barack Obama's old girlfriends. That's where this news cycle of Barack Obama having homosexual fantasies about men popped up. This is directly from Barack Obama's old girlfriends. What do you want from me? It, that, it's in Barack Obama's letters. But that's not what this show is about. We've done news segments on, on that, and we find that to be curious and disturbing as well. The entire piece is really about how Barack Obama has written a fan fiction about his own story, about everything in Obama's life is a lie, including who he is, where he comes from, the stories he tells people. It's all a fabrication written by him, who was always a dreamy, uh, bong-smoking poet, and then he's able to live out his own fantasy in real time with the assistance of the American media. It's a fascinating piece. I encourage you to read it. But here's a section that I really want to focus in on to start the show here. Because it really details, one, how stupid and belligerent the D.C. press corps is. And two, what's, what's actually happening in Washington, D.C.? Check this out. The election of Joe Biden in 2020 gave Obama even more reason to stay in town in Washington. The whispers about Biden's cognitive decline, which began during the bizarre COVID-sheltered basement campaign, were mostly dismissed as partisan attacks by politicians who had been gaff-ridden. Yet, as President Biden continued to fall off bicycles, misremember basic facts, and mix long, increasingly weird passages of data-esque nonsense into autobiographical whoppers during his public appearances, it became hard not to wonder how poorly the president's capacities really were and who was actually making decisions in a White House staffed top to bottom with core Obama loyalists. When Obama turned up at the White House, staffers and press crowded around him, leaving President Biden talking to the drapes, which is not a metaphor, but a real thing that happened. And we really have the footage to show you about this real moment when the actual president of the United States showed up. And Joe Biden was essentially shoved inside of a locker. Watch. 
Joe Biden is now the most unpopular person in virtually any room he enters. If you doubt it, watch this. This was the scene at the White House today. Take a careful look at this. You've never seen anything like it. That's the president of the United States in his own house, shunned. Nobody would talk to him. So Biden wandered off looking vacant as a crowd formed around a former president, Barack Obama, who was obviously deeply grateful for the attention. And then it got worse. It got much more poignant than that. Watch Biden try to horn in on the conversation swirling around Obama. Everyone involved in that conversation, including Kamala Harris, who supposedly works for Biden, ignored Biden completely. Biden desperately tried to get Obama's attention. He puts his hand on Obama's shoulder. He even calls him Barack, like they're friends. But Obama blows him off. He acts like Biden's not even there. Acts like Biden's not even there because Biden's not actually there. Let's continue inside of this absolutely fascinating piece as you look at this image that we are about to present to you. This is an image that became famous, it became memed worldwide. You can see a embittered Jen Psaki and every member of the team Obama, Susan Rice, Valerie Jarrett. Look at all these chodes standing there looking bitter. What are they looking bitter at? At Barack Obama's final speech as president of the United States. Look at these people. Look at these mongrels. They're so upset. They're so, these, these goblins. They're so angry that Donald Trump became president. They're weeping. Look at the look at the seething. Look at the disgust. Look at the tears. Look at the faces that you now know. These are the staffers of the Biden regime. Who's actually running the White House right now? It's not Joe Biden. And what are they actually protecting when they protect Joe Biden? Who's the king of the castle here? Let's continue the read, ladies and gentlemen, from the spectacular piece in Tablet Magazine. That Obama might enjoy serving as a third term in president, all but a name, running the government from his iPhone was a thought expressed in public by Obama himself, both before and after he left office. I used to say if I can make an arrangement where I had a stand-in or a front man or a front woman and they had an earpiece in and I was just in my basement in sweats looking through stuff and I could sort of deliver the lines while somebody else was doing all the talking and ceremony, he told Stephen Colbert in 2015, I'd be fine with that. I found the work fascinating. Even with these clues, the Washington press corps, fresh off their years of broadcasting fantasies about secret communication links between Trump Tower and the Kremlin, seemed unable to imagine, let alone report on, Obama's role in government. Near the end of June, for example, Politico ran a long article noting Biden's cognitive decline with the coy headline, Is Obama ready to reassert himself? As if the ex-president hadn't been living in the middle of Washington and playing politics since the day he left office. Indeed, in previous weeks, Obama had continued his role as a central advocate for government censorship of the Internet while launching a new campaign against gun ownership, claiming that it's historically linked to racism. Surely the spectacle of an ex-president simultaneously leading campaigns against both the First and Second Amendment might lead, might have led even a spectacularly incurious old-school D.C. reporter to file a story on the nuts and bolts of Obama's political operation and what was going on inside and outside of his mansion. But the D.C. press was no longer in the business of maintaining transparency. Instead, they become servants of power whose job was to broadcast the myths to advance the interests of the powerful. Ooh, ah, what I mean, you just 
just shredded. It's like a sunburn on a bruise with a burned knee, the scraped knee that's getting rug burned. Oh, it's just wonderful writing. I haven't read anything like this in such a long time. It's just so good and old school. The uninterested DC press corps serving the powerful, serving their true master, Barack Obama, in his true goal, which is to utterly humiliate Joe Biden, to prove that Joe Biden doesn't matter at all. You can see here. Do we have that footage? Can we play that beside me? We have the original C-SPAN ripped. It's just so embarrassing. It's just so humiliating. Have you ever seen anything like this at the White House? You ever seen it? You ever seen anything like it? Just so grating. He's ignoring the man. Look at Biden. Lost. Pondering. Scared. Febile. Begging for the attention. And no one, even Kamala Harris with her back turned to him. Nobody paying attention. Who's actually in charge? This White House is staffed from top to bottom with Barack Obama hardened apparatchiks and loyalists. They are continuing every single Obama policy where they left off, and they are executing a plan of controlled demolition of America. Right now, in the controlled demolition of the man who made them all look like this. The man who made them all look like these sapping, sobbing, embittered, vicious little gremlins that they all are. All those familiar faces from the Biden regime. Do you think these people care about Joe Biden? They don't care about Joe Biden. They care about protecting number one, which is their real boss, which is Barack Obama. And that is why these stories actually matter, ladies and gentlemen, because what we found out recently is that Hunter Biden's buddy, actually Hunter Biden's bag man, Eric Schwerin, made more trips to the Obama White House VP home than known 36 times, actually. We have the documents now. Why is this man going through the Obama White House? Why aren't we calling it what it is? Obama's scandals. Why aren't we pointing to the person that this actually lies at the feet of? Even Republicans are, are scared. We have Republican congressmen on the show. They're like Twitter-pated to say that it's actually Barack Obama who, with whom this scandal lands at his feet. The Messiah, the guy who can raise and lower the water. Maybe that's why he has so many beach homes. Because of his superpower to raise and lower the waters. You never have to worry about getting flooded, you see. He just has to worry about his chefs winding up dead off the coasts of those beach homes. But hey, that's a totally different matter. Ladies and gentlemen, we have now the access point for Joe Biden's crimes, which is the Obama administration. And these people are in cleanup mode, which is why they don't want you to talk about this, which is why, of course, we're going to talk about it. When Eric Schwerin, which is the bag man for the Biden crime family, visited the Obama White House, it means that Obama is complicit in this. Obama, of course, handed Ukraine off to Joe. Obama handed China off to Joe. Obama handed Joe these little trophies from around the world, knowing exactly what Joe was capable of. Everybody was aware of what was happening. The true blame for all of this lands at the feet of Barack Obama. And if there's an impeachment inquiry into it, it will inexorably lead to Barack Obama. Okay? That's what they're trying to cover up here. Here's the Eric Schwerin news. Another name that you should all know, Eric Schwerin, 
Hunter's former friend and longtime business partner. Now, we've told you about him before. At about the same time frame that Hunter Biden was entertaining hookers, doing coke and participating in orgies, his longtime business partner, Eric Schwerin, visited the White House at least eight times. That was in 2016, meeting with then Vice President Biden's chief of staff, Steve Ricchetti. All right. It turned out that it was much more than that. We learned today that Schwerin visited the Obama White House and then VP Joe Biden's residence. Not eight times, not 10 times, but at least 36 times between 2009 and 2016. Now, one of those visits was a 2010 sit down with the big guy in the West Wing. We also know that Obama appointed him not once, but twice to the Commission for the Preservation of America's Heritage Abroad. So Obama's appointing these members of Joe Biden's inner circle crime family. Obama's appointing them? To high positions? How high up does this go? Well, you know the answer to that, of course. Barack Obama, the man who's currently the actual shadow president of the United States, the man who's openly admitted to running the country as Joe Biden just sits there as a useless dolt. Why can Joe Biden go on vacation so many days a year? Well, you missed the whole point. Joe Biden goes on vacation all these days a year. You see Joe Biden... Uh, obviously transitioning with with his man boobs, uh, sitting there on the beaches like an old dried up seashell fossil. Dude, the guy doesn't have, Joe Biden doesn't have to work because he's not actually president. These libs over at Tablet Magazine have laid it all out. It's incredible. Along with so many other revelations about Obama, including how deeply anti-Semitic he is, how deeply racist he is against white people, what a liar he is, and also his homosexual fantasies that he wrote about to his girlfriend. Also, what an unbelievable Israel-hating radical the guy is. Like how the guy is just straight up Louis Farrakhan, Chicago-style Louis Farrakhan that has been that has been repackaged in order to appeal to white suburban wine moms. Wild stuff. I deeply, I cannot encourage you enough. Read this piece. We'll link it in the description. Byron Donalds was on our show yesterday. Byron Donalds is straight up saying, yo, this lands at Obama's feet. This is not like, this is now becoming a Obama scandal. Check it out. And this is getting more and more interesting. Do you expect Mr. Schwerin to be brought in front of your committee for further questioning? Uh, well, Laura, good to be with you. He definitely needs to come before us. He needs to have some questions asked as well. And Laura, let me paint a quick picture for the American people. We know there's a web of corruption around Joe Biden. We know Hunter Biden is the bag man. But whether it's Devin Archer, Mr. Swearing, or even let's go back in the past, Tony Bobolinsky, all this is doing is filling in the narrative of the corruption that has surrounded Joe Biden for what appears to be now at least a decade. So Peter Schweitzer is somebody who has actually blown up the family so well. It's incredible. You're listening to some of this testimony and some of the testifying that has gone on in these committee hearings. And the Bidens regularly talk about Peter Schweitzer and his reporting about their family as what is leading to the collapse of their crime family. It's, it's amazing. So you should listen to Peter Schweitzer on these things. Peter Schweitzer saying that Eric Schwerin, as much as Devin Archer, knows where all these bodies are buried and everyone is preparing for impeachment. Check it out. 
he is really the guy with the business acumen of all the people that are sort of revolving around Hunter Biden with these various entities that were set up. Devin Archer was the adult in the room in terms of how this business should be structured. Uh, and he confirmed everything uh, that everybody assumed the worst of, which is that Joe Biden was the product that this firm was selling. Uh, and he unequivocally said any, you know, people discussing or claiming that he was not involved with his uh, son's business uh, is is uh, totally and completely incorrect. I would add the next shoe that may drop is there's another individual involved with Hunter Biden named Eric Schwerin. Uh, if Devin Archer was the sort of business guy, the deal guy and how you structure this, Eric Schwerin was the money guy. He's the guy that moved money around. And based on the Hunter Biden laptop, Schwerin had access not only to Hunter Biden's accounts, but also Joe Biden's accounts. So when he testifies before the committee, it's going to be interesting to see what he says and what pressure he might be under uh, from this administration. So we're in danger territory now for the Barack Obama. The, I'm going to start calling it the Obama Biden White House. OK, I'm making I'm making a rule here. I'm going to call it the Obama Biden White House. I'm going to I'm just going to straight up. I'm just going to start calling it that. Joe Biden ain't in charge of Jack. Jack. Joe Biden's not in charge of his fight on the diving board with corn pop over the amount of pomade in his hair. Important reminder, there was a young black man who wore too much pomade in his hair, and Joe Biden called him a racial slur. The slur was Esther. This is according to Joe Biden. And then they fought, and Joe Biden got a rusty razor blade and a chain to go kill him, this young black man. Just an important important story directly from Joe Biden's mouth. Just a reminder. This is the kind of guy that Joe Biden is. Total and complete dirtbag. This is creating a, a big of an, a bit of an issue because they're running out of indictments to line up every single time there's a new bombshell about the Biden brand. And Jim Jordan is saying they're not stopping on the Biden brand. Jim Jordan will be joining us, uh, ladies and gentlemen, later um, this week. Jim Jordan saying the Biden brand is what we are investigating here. It's really the Obama brand. Again, you have to see the prosecution of Joe Biden as the prosecution of Barack Obama. That's where it will ultimately lead to. Check it out. And the father's involved in these deals. Do you think that we are now looking at a president of the United States compromised by some of our most hostile enemies and that this was a a pay-to-play bribery scheme that benefited the entire Biden family? Well, what well, we'll see, and I appreciate that Hunter. Said, we're going to continue. Yeah, right. He didn't. But we'll we'll continue to do our work and do what our, the Constitution requires us to do. But you're exactly right. The president said he had no involvement, no involvement except dinners, phone calls, and thirty plus meetings with Hunter Biden's business partners. I mean, what? What? And thirty plus meetings, twenty some phone calls, dinners with the, the the wealthiest woman in Russia, and all they talked about was the weather. We're supposed to believe. And the Democrats say this is some illusion of access. That looks like real access to me. When you got 30 some times, Hunter Biden's business partner is showing up at Joe Biden's house or at the White House having meetings with with the vice president while he's vice president. That looks pretty much more than an illusion to me. That looks real. And then you. What is real? Ladies and gentlemen, not a philosopher. I don't like asking major philosophical questions. This is a show that is grounded in reality. What is real exactly? We, we try our hardest to get for you like just the nuts and the bolts, the brass tacks, the real iron 
the wood chopping of the news cycle and not get lost inside of sort of the mire of everything. So what is real? How about we crack open Hunter Biden's laptop? Crack it open. And let's see what we find here, shall we? Let's go to a voicemail about Hunter Biden talking about his business partner, Eric Schwerin, and how this guy's turned on the Biden family because they treated him like dog crap. Listen. I get calls from my father to tell me that the New York Times is calling, but my old partner, Eric, who literally has done me harm for I don't know how long, is the one taking the calls because my father will not stop sending the calls to Eric. I have another New York Times reporter calling about my representation of the, literally, Dr. Patrick Coe, the spy chief of China, who started the company that my partner, who was worth $323 billion, found it, and is now missing. Hmm, interesting. So, Hunter Biden with the spy chief of China? <laughs> with his partner, Eric Schwerin, who knows everything and is turning on the Biden family. You can see this in Hunter Biden's texts to Eric saying you're dead to me. But it's very convenient when the evidence is literally right there on the laptop in voicemail form. If you, by the way, get creeped out when you're talking about something like pink elephants and then suddenly you open up your phone and you see an ad for pink elephants, right? You won't be able to stop thinking about pink elephants then for the rest of the day. Ladies and gentlemen, maybe you should consider silent. Silent is what I use to make sure that my phones do not listen to me when I do not want them to listen to me. It is a 100% safe package that keeps the phone and all radiation and all signal, ladies and gentlemen, from getting in or out of the phone. It cannot listen to me. I am now on silent mode. I can have private conversations without all of those little pesky apps that you can't even download anymore without them claiming all your data and everything that they're listening to you on. They have rights to all of it. You can't you can't download anything without it. If you think that is creepy, man, and I do too, you should get silent. Please consider going to silent today, slnt.com today. Use the code Benny at checkout and save 10% with free shipping on qualified orders. I use silent, particularly when I go to sleep because I want my phone to sort of like be away from my head and to be to be sealed while I'm sleeping and not have any you know weird Wi-Fi stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, silent is what I use at home, slnt.com. Use Benny at checkout for 10% off. So what was Kevin McCarthy saying about this? You know, Kevin McCarthy is like pretty big deal in the House of Representatives. He happens to be the person with the gavel. He happens to be the guy who's in charge and have the capacity to hold the impeachment hearing on President Obama and his shell and his cutout, Joe Biden. What does uh, Kevin McCarthy have to say about it? Oh, it's very interesting, considering the Devin Archer testimony that was just delivered to the House. Kevin McCarthy is saying... And remember, this guy has called for impeachment proceedings three different times in the past two weeks, saying we have no choice anymore. Watch. 
We knew about Biden going after the attorney general because he did that in his own words. We never knew because we just now got this, what, just a week ago from Devin, saying that they were being pushed from Burisma, saying we need to do something about this. What was that in um, Dubai? We need help from D.C. Five days later, action are taken. Yes, when what you're finding is all this information is being gathered is coming through the investigations of the Republican Congress that we will continue to follow through and we will continue to bring more. And we will take it wherever it takes. And if it rises to the level, we will do our constitutional duties. And this is the part I want America to know. America has a right to know if there was pay to play. America has a right to know if Garland is lying to him. America has a right to know in this FBI whether they investigated. And are there pay to play when it comes to this president? Article 2, Section 4. Article 2, Section 4, ladies and gentlemen, it's called the Impeachment Clause of the Executive Branch. It is something that we wish to educate you on. It is something that we want to remind you of when your drooling, brain-dead, liberal aunt, wine aunt, childless, comes rolling up to Thanksgiving with her box of wine and cat fur all over her sweater, and she's swaying back and forth, and she has on her I'm with her sticker, right? And her equality pin and her BLM pin. And she's like, Joe Biden's innocent. I want you to be able to just off the top of your head say Article 2, Section 4. Ladies and gentlemen, let's read it. The president, vice president, and all civil officers of the United States can be removed from office on impeachment for conviction of treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. A lot of people say high crimes and misdemeanors. A lot of people are like, high crimes and misdemeanors. Ha, ha, ha. Got them. Nope. What comes before high crimes and misdemeanors? Impeachment can be done for treason and for bribery. What do you have here, ladies and gentlemen, in the situation with Joe Biden in Ukraine? Well, you have Joe Biden being handed Ukraine by Barack Obama. Uh, Barack Obama understanding exactly how corrupt Joe Biden is. Obama's own State Department raising a million red flags about Hunter Biden's activities in Ukraine. Nobody ever did anything. Jack Smith overlooking Donald Trump's multiple prosecution persecutions is in charge of the public integrity section of the DOJ at the time. Mm. Oh, it's just mm. fate loves irony. God loves irony. The irony of the evil, the downfall, pride cometh before destruction. And now what do we have now? We have Jack Smith going after Donald Trump. For what? Free speech? For what? Kevin McCarthy, man, has been knocking him out of the park. This is, like, far and away the best Kevin McCarthy clip I've ever seen. And you know that I did not start off as a fan of Kevin McCarthy. I was so done with swamp creature DC, like, limp-wristed, cucky rhino Republicans. I was so finished with it. And I was railing against Kevin McCarthy. And hot damn... I see clips like this. I'm like, dude, this this man, this is a man rising to the moment. Watch. Still saying the election 2020 was fraud. There was fraudulent activity going on. Yeah. That Joe Biden didn't win. Yeah. And I can say the same thing that Hillary Clinton says about her election that she lost. I can say the same thing about the DNC who said it about... Um, the 2016 race. I can say the same thing about those in the Democratic Party from the leadership on down about George Bush not winning, that Al Gore did. But were any of them prosecuted? Were any of them put in jail? 
Were any of them held with no response to be able to get out? The answer is no. So yeah, you can raise that, that someone raised a question. And you know in America, you're entitled to raise a question. You're entitled to question whether it was honest or not. That's the uniqueness of the First Amendment. That's the uniqueness of America. But you know what? You shouldn't be prosecuted for your thoughts. And the difference here is, when Hillary Clinton said it, nothing happened to her. When they said it in Georgia's election, nothing happened to them either. You know what? When the DNC said it, nothing happened to them either. So stop using government to go after people who politically disagree with you. That is wrong, and that should stop now. Boom! Man! Woo! Screen on fire! Keyboard on fire! I'm watching that clip! I'm like, hot damn! Woo! Kevin! Kevin! You like Home Alone? Kevin! Remember, it's Trump that saved Kevin in Home Alone 2. Down the hall and to the left. Very important moment. Historic moment in the documentary Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. When a small young child from Chicago got saved by Donald Trump. And, and, and therefore, Donald Trump saved Christmas. As Donald Trump said, we are going to say Merry Christmas again. Nobody's saying Merry Christmas to Joe Biden. Joe Biden is uh, not going to be very welcome inside of the House of Representatives. Maybe it's around Christmas that Joe Biden will be impeached. That's what the schedule is looking like. That's what our sources are telling us, that the impeachment proceedings will happen this fall and that they will impeach President Obama slash Biden. Greg Stube is already on uh, the warpath. Greg Stube is a badass member of Congress from the state of Florida. Uh, and he says, no, 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 no. I'm not going to wait for Kevin McCarthy. I'm filing impeachment articles today, Junior. Watch. See, I know there's a lot of pressure on House Speaker Kevin McCarthy to start this impeachment inquiry. Do you believe that will take place in September when you all return? I, I personally intend on filing our own impeachment resolution just based on the corruption and bribery information that's been brought forth to the House. Uh, obviously, that goes through the Judiciary Committee, uh, so that's going to be up to Jim Jordan. But you're right. Ultimately, it's up to Speaker McCarthy, who has now opened up. Uh, he, he has said openly that uh, he is he's looking to that, uh, which is certainly more language from him than I've seen previously. But I can tell you there is way more evidence of high crimes and misdemeanors that we have before the American people that the House has been able to uncover because we have the majority and have been doing all these investigations, it is long past time to start the impeachment process. Well, I'll tell you, if it weren't for the House and the majority, we would not know any of this. We would not You wouldn't know any of these. it. No, that's no. Just what's so fascinating. Yeah. Nothing. None we, of this we, would be before the American people. Congressman Stube. Congressman Stube. Friend of the show. My brother in Christ. You do not need high crimes and misdemeanors. What the Constitution says is treason and bribery. That comes before high crimes and misdemeanors. Treason and bribery is all you need to go after Joseph Robinette Obama Biden. Remember, impeaching Joe Biden is impeaching Barack Obama. That's what's really happening here. Ooh, ooh, it gets tantalizing because Barack Obama is the one who's actually in charge. Now, the same media that was so unbelievably um, so, so su sucked Obama's toes for eight straight years, tickled under his chin with a little feather, fellatiated every element of his administration, uh, Bill Clinton style, right? Every element of the Oval Office. Clinton, Clinton style. Oil painting in Epstein's hallway. 
wearing a blue dress. Ooh. That same press, of course, was operational when Joe Biden ran his basement campaign. And Joe Biden, knowing that this press was on the side of Barack Obama, would do whatever that they wanted them to do, was owned and operated by the Obama, Clinton, cabal, uh, never really got hard questions. And when he did get hard questions, he just flatly lied. He just straight up lied. I mean, you could string together 20 straight minutes of Joe Biden lying about what we now know his business was in Ukraine. But this whopper across our feed, and I'm like, then this is just, this was to NPR in 2019. This is just egregious. Remember, the native tongue of Satan is lying. And so if you lie this easily, if your native tongue is lying, then you really need to question who your loyalties are to. Watch Christian Joe Biden, Catholic Joe Biden, pro-abortion Catholic Joe Biden, uh, blatantly, just brazenly, demonically lie to NPR about his son's business dealings. This one's, this is the, this is the worst of them all. Check it out. Everybody knows the issue here is not what I did because no one has produced one scintilla of evidence that I did anything other than do my job for America as well as anybody could have done it. Making sure that we in fact got rid of a, a corrupt prosecutor who everybody, including our allies and including our allies as well as, as, as the IMF and everyone else said, has to go. I did my job incredibly well, and even the people in his administration have testified to my character, testified to my honesty. What if I did the entire show? I mean, I, I, I know that I often use my hands. I like to talk with my hands. Uh, what if I did the entire show like this? And I was like shoving my finger down the barrel of the camera. I do a considerable amount of interviews. I like doing interviews. I go on various shows. I go on Tim... Tim Pool's show, we do a bunch of interviews, turning point events, and things like that. I like going on other press, doing other interviews. What if I stuck my finger down the face of the person interviewing me? Like, how uncomfortable would that be? Like, an inch from their nose. Especially if it was a woman. Especially a female. Right? Like, what an, what an evil and total degenerate. And, and we have, of course, now a proof positive in graphical form of the big lie. Here's the big lie brought to you by the Obama administration. Again, we will not be saying, we will not be calling him President Biden any longer. It is the Obama Biden, really small Biden with a lowercase b administration. Joe Biden is not in charge. By Barack Obama's own admission and by the own, by the reporting of Tablet Magazine, Barack Obama in his sweatpants from his iPhone is running everything. Barack Obama has staffed Biden, flanked him, with hardened loyalists on every side and the collapse, the controlled demolition of the nation you're seeing around the world, starting to give you a little bit of a um, an old-timey feeling, right? Starting to remember the lead from behind in the Middle East, the Obama policies, the bowing to other world leaders. You're starting to like, you're starting to get flashbacks, aren't you? Yeah. Here's the helpful chart, please. The helpful chart, Barisima. Gives the Bidens $10 million. A lot more, but $10 million is what's been reported on the FD-1023, so let's go with that. They withhold billions of dollars in American aid. That's called a bribe. Then the prosecutor gets fired who's investigating Burisma. And then Burisma keeps giving the Bidens money. The circle of life. 
Oh, the circle of life! Joe Biden, the Lion King. The Lion King. The Lion King. Okay, got it. Okay, cool. I'm a father, soon to be of three. Well, I'm a father of three right now. I'm super pro-life, so I, I already have three kids, obviously. But my baby Benny, baby bouncing baby Benny arrives in a couple weeks, okay? We'll do a big announcement on the show. Very excited about that. Um, I'm entitled to dad jokes. And I won't apologize for them. I'll apologize for me going hard against Kevin McCarthy. I won't apologize for dad jokes. I won't do it. Somebody who should also be apologizing is a man who has been deeply uh, nascent and critical of Donald Trump. A man who has been like, ah, Joe Biden's a good guy. You know, he just had a deadly accident where his wife died in a car crash and he used his kids as props in their hospital beds for campaign. Uh, this is a good man. There you go. This is a, no big deal. This is a good guy. Andrew McCarthy is this legal analyst on Fox News. No, Joe Biden's a good guy. I think it's interesting because I think it's interesting because um, you're starting to see even the apologists like turn on Joe Biden. Like the people who aren't paid by Joe Biden, like the people who aren't on the direct payroll of the Biden regime, like the, even those people are starting to say, oh, this is getting yucky. This is getting gross. And maybe maybe this was all that maybe the guy who like used his son's post car accident that killed their mother and sister as political campaign props. Maybe this isn't like an upstanding individual. Maybe the the pro infant genocide Catholic. Uh, maybe the guy has some moral problems. Check out this uh, very telling clip from Andrew McCarthy. But the nature of the business here was Biden's political influence and the idea that it was a commodity that you could have access to, not that he necessarily had to do anything affirmative, but merely by having access to and connection to the very powerful guy, that would discourage things like the Ukrainian government or the British government taking additional steps to investigate the Burisma people who were brandishing mm -hmm. the fact that they had the vice president's son on their board. Mm -hmm. um, the, the whole idea is to be close to and connected to the power center to discourage people who might otherwise give you a hard time. They they have a euphemism call for it. They call it understanding or navigating the regulatory environment. But what it is, is, um, you know, the powerful guy in government that will encourage the or discourage yeah. the other uh, smaller people in government from coming after you. Even the cuckiest commentators are beginning to say, ah, we got a bit of a problem here. Bit of a problem here with the guy who uses his uh, uh, post-car accident kids as political props. How do we have the energy, ladies and gentlemen? How does Mike Davis have the energy? Mike Davis joins us in, in seconds. Greatest attorney in Washington the man behind Donald Trump's Supreme Court. How do we have the energy? Well, it's our blackout coffee. Just pretty simple. We sip it every single morning. The old sippy sip right here from the cup. No, no, this is not alcohol. This is black coffee. For my friends at Blackout Coffee, Blackout Coffee is my favorite coffee because it's brewed right here in the state of Florida. It's made by patriots. It's made by veterans. It's made by people who love this place a lot. They make incredible coffee and coffees are woke. And so go with Blackout Coffee. It gives me the energy and the kick to start the day, and uh, I am powered by patriotism, the energy to fight communism. Isn't that what you want? That's what you want. Go to blackoutcoffee.com slash Benny. Use the coupon code Benny, 20% off your first order. Blackoutcoffee.com slash Benny, and have the energy to fight the commies. 
ladies and gentlemen. So Mike Davis, hell of a guy, uh, probably has a bit to say about the Trump gag order, about the new Biden corruption. And Mike Davis joins us now. Mike, thank you so very much for coming on the program. Looks like Jack Smith, uh, fresh off of ignoring the Bidens uh, as the man who's in charge of ethics at the DOJ, ignoring all the uh, amount of money being dumped into the Biden coffers, uh, is going after Donald Trump for free speech. I, am I am I reading the room correctly here? Uh, you're absolutely right, Ben. This is obvious Democrat lawfare. We've been talking about this for over a year. They're trying to yes. take out Trump. Uh, these Democrat prosecutors driven by President Biden and Attorney General Merrick Garland are trying to take out President Trump legally through lawfare instead of politically at the ballot box on November 5th, 2024. And we see a pattern here. We saw this with uh, the Soros-funded Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, uh, indicting President Trump for the non-crime of a businessman settling a nuisance claim. Uh, we have Jack Smith indicting President Trump for the non-crime of a former president having his presidential records, which is allowed by the Presidential Records Act. Now we have Jack Smith and soon Fannie Willis indicting Trump for the non-crime of objecting to a presidential election, which is only a crime in third world Marxist hellholes like New York, D.C. and Fulton County, Georgia. So uh, it's it's obvious lawfare by the Democrats. Uh, and fortunately, I think the American people are waking up to this. You're seeing it in the polls where the American people see that this is political, which is that that's exactly what this is. And the way we're going to end this, the Supreme Court will eventually reverse all this. I just don't know if the Supreme Court will be able to reverse this before November 5th, 2024. So how we end this lawfare, Ben, is by putting President Trump back in the White House and saying to these Democrat prosecutors in D.C. and New York and Fulton County, Georgia, and these Democrat judges and these Democrat juries that, uh, guess what, guys, you don't get to pick the next president of the of the United States, the American people do, and no thank you uh, for uh, and essentially piss off for trying. So we covered on the show yesterday how they're doing this exact same thing in Brazil. They stopped Bolsonaro from running uh, for eight years. Uh, because he he challenged the election. I mean, it, it the they're not creative. They're just pushing now the newest playbook, and the media is wrapping a silk scarf around this totalitarianism, saying it's protecting democracy. It's really just zip code justice, right? Like they go into dark blue cities like Atlanta, New York, and Washington D.C., and they're going to use these dark blue cities to go after their political opponents. Yeah, I mean, it's obvious lawfare. Why did if why did they wait 29 months to charge Trump for having his presidential records, which is allowed by the Presidential Records Act? Why did Biden and Garland and Jack Smith wait 31 months to charge President Trump for the non-crime of objecting to the presidential election, which is allowed by the Electoral Count Act of 1887 and twisting arms politically is allowed by the First Amendment? Why did they wait so long? If they're in such a rush... If Jack Smith needs a speedy trial from this Obama judge, Tanya Shukin, in D.C., who's a partisan left-wing activist, uh, uh, who, who is the most harsh judge on January 6th protesters, including the nonviolent ones, if they're in such a rush to have this trial, why did they wait so long to bring these charges? And the only answer 
th that's plausible is because they're trying to interfere in the 2024 election, which is exactly what they're trying to do. The problem is, is that we're onto this game and it's backfiring. You saw Alvin Bragg's indictment won President Trump the Republican nomination. Jack Smith's first indictment of Trump uh, uh, put Trump in very close competition with Biden for the for the general election. This this last stupid indictment of Trump that's uh, that's clearly a violation of the First Amendment and clearly a violation of presidential immunity uh, is going to put is going to propel President Trump into the White House and Fannie Willis's dumb indictment down in Fulton County, Georgia, is going to make sure that Trump is back in the White House comfortably by like two or three percentage points. <laughs> Tom, we, we've, we talked about this with Byron Donalds yesterday. Trump's going to be able to go into the black community and say the Department of Justice is no justice at all. It is a rigged system. It is rigged against you and it's rigged against me. They're turning Donald Trump into Tupac. Chris Rock warned them of this. CNN cut the joke. Cut the joke from the special. Chris Rock warned them of this, saying you're going to turn this guy into Tupac. He's going to sell more records. You're going to make him more popular. And with every passing indictment, as you just demonstrated, Donald Trump said, I think he put up on Truth Social, I need one more indictment to become president. <laughs> it's like with every passing indictment, you just see everyone, everyone wilt away in the Republican field. And Biden's numbers just goes down, down, down. Are they making Trump? They're making Trump Tupac, aren't they? They are doing the impossible. They are making Donald J. Trump, who I love. They're making Donald J. J. Trump sympathetic to the American. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I did not think that was humanly possible, but they've, they've managed to find the way. Remember, Ben, we've been, we've been predicting this for the last year. We have been talking about this for the last year, and this is the same. We, we knew this would happen because this is the same stupid play, political malpractice that Democrats ran against Brett Kavanaugh. They couldn't just stick to Christine Blasey Ford, who was clearly lying through her teeth, but she came across as credible because people are too weak and stupid to see that she's uh, you know, a, a, an abortion industry activist, but they couldn't just stick to Christine Blasey Ford. They rolled out five other clowns and it became a clown car. And that's how it backfired spectacularly on the Democrats and four Senate Democrats got sent into early retirements the same year that Democrats won the House of Representatives. It should have been a great year for Senate Democrats, and they lost four Senate Democrat incumbents, and Justice Kavanaugh is now a Supreme Court justice for the rest of their lives, right? <laughs> Same with Donald Trump. They couldn't just stick to Jack Smith's <laughs> indictment on presidential records. It's, the, it's, you know, it's, it's clearly covered by the Presidential Records Act, but it's the most plausible case that they had. They rolled out doofus Alvin Bragg, and then, then uh, with his bogus indictment up in New York, his clownish indictment of New York, and then Jack Smith's subsequent document indictment looked cheaper, and now the January 6th indictment looks clownish, and then Fannie Willis, when she jumps into this, when she bursts onto the scene with her buffoonery, it's going to make it another Michael Avenatti clown show, right? They're guaranteeing that President <laughs> Trump is going to be back in the White House. <laughs> hey, you're right it really did i mean the overreaching the overreach the the venom that is involved in all of this it really turns off i think the vast majority of the american people we go out on the street a lot for man on the street show and we talk 
We talk with people. We talk with the members of the uh, largest black fraternity that had their convention here in Tampa. And all these guys are like, wait a second. So the president's kid gets off on a crack charge and a gun charge? That don't make no sense. Like, that's not that's not the way this is supposed to go, right? And I think it's actually breaking through in a way that they that, that Donald Trump's message would never actually break through to specific communities. And they're really going to have a tough time on this one, especially if they try and gag order Trump. This is what Jack Smith's trying to do. Can you talk me through the dubiousness of this legally? How do you gag order a guy who's running for president? Well, you do that because you go to an Obama-appointed left-wing judge, Judge Tanya Shukin, who doesn't care about the law, and she doesn't care if she's reversed by the Supreme Court three years from now, just like Jack Smith, when he was reversed several years later after he indicted Virginia Governor Bob McDonnell, a likely presidential or vice presidential contender in 2016. They didn't care that these charges were bogus against McDonnell. They don't care that these charges are bogus against Trump. Uh, Jack Smith was unanimously reversed by the Supreme Court, eight to nothing with McDonald's case. It would have been nine to nothing, but Justice Scalia died. But the mission was accomplished. They took out McDonnell yes. as a presidential or vice presidential candidate in 2016. They're running the same play here. Look, Jack Smith is a deranged clown. They, he got banished to The Hague after that McDonald case. He was He's a disaster. And Joe Biden and Merrick Garland brought this buffoon back to go after Trump because they know he's such a partisan hitman, a political hitman, that he doesn't care if he's going to destroy his legal reputation in the process here. He doesn't have a legal reputation. He already destroyed it with the McDonald case. And so he is now a scud missile that Joe yeah. Biden and Merrick Garland are launching at Trump. And it's going to it, he's going to misfire and it's going to backfire on the Democrats. Yeah, they, they they really can't help themselves. Final question, Mike, the legality of running for president from a jail cell. One, is there anything that would keep Donald Trump off of any ballots? We don't think so. The Constitution doesn't say that any of this would keep Donald Trump from being on any ballot anywhere. But Donald Trump, you've, you said this months ago, and it sent a chill down my spine. I thought you were being pedantic. But you said Donald Trump may have to run for president from a jail cell. I mean, didn't Nelson Mandela? I mean, Donald Trump is our Nelson Mandela. He could, he can, he can run, he can run for president. Look, the Constitution lays out the qualifications for president. Uh, there, there's a citizenship requirement and there's an age requirement, and I don't see any, I don't see any mention of being in a jail cell. So President Trump can definitely run. If Democrats think that they're going to put President Trump in jail before uh, this uh, ever, but particularly be particularly before November 5th, 2024, they don't, they don't even understand the political backlash that will be coming. There will be demands that House Republicans defund uh, key components of, of, the, of these Justice Department inquiries. Otherwise, these House Republicans will fee face primaries and lose office. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I mean... They are promising a mugshot in Georgia, right? Uh, Mr. Sheriff promising a mugshot. Bring it on, dude. Give me, talk about the most viewed photo on planet Earth. Like, get, like bring it on. Take the mugshot. Let's do, let's let's go. Put put the brass knuckles on and let's brawl. Yeah, I mean, I'm Donald Trump, and I approve this message. That's what's gonna. <laughs> happened the second they released this this mugshot <laughs> democrats don't understand what they're doing here because they believe their own bs this yes. is this is they're like a religious cult and they actually believe this 
And yes. now they're like, they're popping their pills and they're going to like their cyanide pills right now because they're trying to take down Trump. And it's, it's, they don't understand the awakening they're creating among the American people where people who don't even like Trump or, t- or who are tired of Trump are all in now for Donald Trump. Yes, yes. You will, you will recall that this is what the Obama staffers looked like when they had to listen to Barack Obama's final Final speech from the White House. A lot of familiar faces there, actually. Valerie Jarrett, there's Jen Psaki, uh, there's Susan Rice. The crying, the seething. We want to make this happen again. We want to make them salty again, right? So make them salty again 2024, right? This is the campaign slogan. That looks like a BLM riot. Oh, wait, that's the Obama White House. Never mind. Okay, I got it. These people were ready. They they were ready to riot. They were they were so angry. Now we're living through their revenge tour fantasy. And I think it's going to backfire just like last time. I think it's going to backfire. Barack Obama smugly saying Donald Trump will never be president. Right. Dropping the phone on Jimmy Kimmel. It's going to backfire. The pride cometh before destruction. And uh, destruction will destruction will be Mike Davis's um, uh, term as interim attorney general. My three week reign of terror. And I promise you, Ben, everyone will be (laughs) indicted and fired on day one on both of my lists. And I, as I said, I'm going to fly around on the FBI jet for the next two and a half weeks of my three-week three week reign of terror and do nothing <laughs> like like Bill Barr did for the last six months as, as Donald Trump's attorney general. It will be Day one will be epic. The last two and a half weeks will be quite relaxed. <laughs> Maybe I'll, oh. eat a bunch, I'll eat a bunch and put on 40 pounds like a fire uh. and get off. Oh, okay. Well, then you you will certainly be matching Bill Barr. Thank yep. you, Mike Davis. Uh, please, everyone, go and support Mike at the Article 3 Project. Go follow him on x.com. Uh, 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 135,000 people can't be wrong. These patriots, they love what Mike has to say. We need to support our friends, and Mike is just the best there is. Godspeed, Mike. Thank you, Ben. Oh, man. Oh, no. Nancy Pelosi has thoughts. Nancy Pelosi, uh, fresh off of getting splinters on her wrinkly inner thigh from her broomstick, uh, hopped off in order to talk about Donald Trump and say that Donald Trump would end America. (laughs) Nancy Pelosi says that U.S. will come to an end if Trump is reelected. Called her a Trump called her a wicked witch. <laughs> okay, let's go. Let's go first with Donald Trump. What did Donald Trump say about Nancy Pelosi? Nancy Pelosi's very weird story concerning her husband. <laughs> Come on, guys. You gotta you gotta love it. Okay? You just you gotta love it. Donald Trump, you, there'll never be another one like him. I purposely didn't comment on Nancy Pelosi's very weird story concerning her hammer husband. But now I can, because she said something about me, with glee, that was really quite vicious. I saw a scared puppy, she said, as she watched me on television, like millions of others. That that didn't see that. I wasn't scared. Nevertheless, how mean of a thing to say. She's a wicked witch, whose husband's journey from hell starts and finishes with her. She's sick and demented psycho, who will someday live in hell. (laughs) Who will someday live in hell? Well, uh, it looks like she's halfway there. Here's Nancy Pelosi talking about Donald Trump as a scared puppy. So to see the president of the United States be arraigned, 
It was interesting to see hear Mr. Dunn talk about how it felt for him in the courtroom. When I, w- I wasn't in the courtroom, of course, but when I saw his coming out of his car and this or that, I saw a scared puppy. He looked very, very, very um, concerned about the fate. Look at look, uh, that. I didn't see any bravado or confidence or anything like that. He knows. He knows the truth. Can we please stop having a government run by people who belong inside of an interim asylum? Arkham Asylum. These people belong not just because Nancy Pelosi looks like she got a botched Joker job with her latest uh, plastic surgery. Not just because Nancy Pelosi is 82 years old. Not just because Nancy Pelosi on a public servant salary is worth hundreds of millions of dollars. How does that happen? But because she's a Cretan who is hating the America that was so good to her and is trying to engage in a controlled demolition of it to make sure that no other generations can have the privileged life that she has so been gifted. It is truly the cruelty of these individuals. The true cruelty is this, ladies and gentlemen, that these people are going to try and pull the ladder up behind them. These geriatrics, this nursing home that we have in Washington, D.C., Joe Biden, 80, Mitch McConnell, 82, Nancy Pelosi, 82, Chuck Schumer, 79, George Soros, 93, Klaus Schwab, 85 years old. This geriatric camp housing development that we have in Washington, D.C., these people are trying to essentially destroy the American dream for any generation to come. You shouldn't be allowed to serve this nation if you have no skin left in the game because your skin is literally falling off your body because you need plastic to hold your skin up. You shouldn't be allowed to do it, ladies and gentlemen. It is absolutely and totally a betrayal of who we are as a people. And um, there should be age limits for how old you can be in Congress, I think. And maybe tests, cognitive tests. Driving tests, right? Don't hit the cones. One man's opinion. We have a uh, we have a super chat from Matt Nelson on YouTube uh, for four hundred dollars, and we just want to say thank you. It didn't really send anything. It didn't say anything. Just a just a super chat. So thanks, Matt. What a kind and generous thing. We are one hundred percent independent on this program. We have advertisers. We have people that support our program through advertising, but we don't have any corporation that owns us. We have nobody whispering in our ear what to say, or you can't cover that story, or you can't say this about that person, or you can't do the Bible verse of the day, and that's purely because of you. You keep us independent by joining the Benefit Grade, by getting your sweet, salty cannon, and getting that salt ready for people like Nancy Pelosi with her botched Joker job face. Ladies and gentlemen, we do the verse of the day because, well, one, we care about your soul. We care about the soul of this nation. We care about the person who's actually in charge. We fear God more than we fear man, and we actually really like it. It's our true north star. It keeps us aligned. Our verse of the day comes from Ephesians 6. Stand, therefore, having fasted, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. March forward, Christian 
soldier. What is our armor? Read the verse. Truth, righteousness. We speak truth on this program. Remember, the native tongue of Satan is lies. If there is a politician that is lying to you and does so like aggressively and sticks their finger in your face while he's lying, this is an evil person. This is a person that you should really truly question their soul, who they are, where they are. Uh, and if they're right with God, ladies and gentlemen, put on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, march forward and onward, Christian soldiers, stand uprightly, please, and know that God is in control. These goblins are not in control. These Cretans are not in control. Whether it's Barack Obama, Joe Biden, they're in control of nothing. And God... He'll have his justice in the end. Fear God instead. Fear God instead. And you'll live a good life. It's your boy, Benny. We'll see you back here tomorrow. See ya!